This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app where fun is fast. Welcome. We're back again, Chairman Tom. Yeah, I've been thinking about, you know, where this club's going and I think we're missing something. You know, we've got the group rides and everything, jerseys, etc. But I feel we're missing something. Well, listen, G, you know how seriously I take my role as chairman. I'm always thinking about this club, what else we might need. I've been wondering about yoga. Like In all good cycling clubs, there's always someone who jumps on the emails and suggests like a, a half an hour yoga. But the problem is for me, whenever I've done yoga as a, a cyclist, is that you go to the local yoga class and the person at the front always ends up patronising you because they start off by going, OK, just reach your, uh, reach your index finger past your thumb. And there's a silence and they go, or your ankle. And then there's another silence. They go, <laughs> mid shin is, f- just go for your knee. Just <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, mate, I, I wouldn't know what that's like because I've never been. But I actually want yoga is one thing I wanted to take up. Like I even bought my wife, Sarah, a pack of yoga cards this was probably about four Christmases ago now, and they still haven't been opened. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to sort of do it, because I'd always heard about Giggsy. That's one of the things he said, prolonged his career yeah. and this and that. So I thought, oh, it might be quite good to do something to do with a wife as well, you know, bond in a different way. Not literally bond, but, well, I don't know. Do you do that in yoga? I don't know. I think that's Tuesday. card 43. <laughs> but then you can mix it up with hot yoga and everything then, can't you? That's That sounds even more... Uh, Actually, let's not go there. But I don't know, maybe something a bit more exciting though, Tom. Maybe trips away or something like that. Now we're talking, yeah, that's much more fun than yoga. <laughs> well, like, like a trip away, either we go to watch something or... Because you used to do great little trips, didn't you, in your, in your teenage years? Didn't you go to a lot of the big races, some of the Cobble Classics when you were a kid? Yeah, we didn't go to the Cobble Classics, but we went to Amstel a couple of times. So in the Netherlands, one of the... Well, the biggest one-day race over there. So yeah, that was awesome. I remember staying, we were standing outside the T-Mobile hotel, which was the biggest team at the time. And there was like all the big riders, like I think Vinokurov and Zabel and all these big names. And they all came out to ride to the start and we rode behind them on this tiny little bike path and we were too scared to even go even close to them, you know? So <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, that was, uh, those were the days. But what about, what about you? Any good trips away? Not necessarily cycling, but... What we're suggesting is like a like a club weekend away where we take our bikes and never get them out of the cars. Yeah, that's what clubs do really, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't a professional club. This is one of those where Certainly not. you need an excuse to just have a weekend away. Yeah, yeah, we're going on a bike ride, you know, big trip, and then you just go watch the rugby or something. I'll tell you one I've always fancied is to go to the cyclocross races they have in, in Holland and Belgium on the coast. Yes. And it's just, it's beer and it's muscles and it's just mud and sand. Beautiful. We should give that a go. Yeah, they do look like good days, actually, to be fair. I've never been, but six days as well. Although they've changed a bit in recent years, I think. They used to be epic with all the dance music and everyone smoking in the track centre and people just riding around in, in the thick of it. So, oh yeah, we, we can do some, we can plan a good trip. Beautiful. This club gets bigger every week. We're going to need a uh, someone to book the flights. Is that coming to your title i hope not that's that's way too much work for this chairman <laughs> you got to remember that as a chairman my main role is to give other people my jobs true delegation 
Yeah, I'm the delegation chairman. Hey, should we get on with the show? Let's do it. Hello, I'm Makita Oliver, and I host a daily quiz podcast called Quiz Chat Repeat. Our guest this week is Jay Flynn from the Virtual Pub Quiz. Jay, how did you enjoy Quiz Chat Repeat? It's been awesome having the tables turned on me, uh, checking my knowledge out, seeing what I know. It's been great fun, so thank you very much. So to hear more from Jay, download the podcast, search for Quiz Chat Repeat in your podcast app, or if you want to play Jay's quiz on YouTube, go on there, search for Virtual Pub Quiz. He has a live stream every Thursday and Saturday night. Gee, I've got good news. We've got another sponsor. Our friends at Amp Human are on board. Now, they're a human performance company dedicated to helping athletes at all levels achieve their potential. So even amateurs like me. Amp's flagship product, PR Lotion, is the world's first and only lotion to deliver the natural electrolyte bicarb to the body. Now, I know this sounds a bit fancy, but you've been using this PR Lotion for the last two years, haven't you? What's it like? Yeah, I like it. It's obviously, I use it for any hard session, really, on Zwift, uh, in time trials as well. You just lather up in it, basically, whichever muscles you're using. Yeah, and it just gives you that bit of a buffer, and it, I definitely feel it sort of helps me. Well, there's also 40 years of data showing bicarb's ability to buffer acid as it builds up in muscle during exercise. Studies show a 50% reduction in muscle soreness when using PR lotion. And even better... Amp Human is giving our listeners 25% off their next purchase using the code GTCC and then the number 25. Just visit amphuman.com forward slash GTCC and start training with your PR lotion today. So for today's episode, G, I thought I would use my uh, chairman's power and choose our topic. And I've chosen... Something which for some people is the single best thing about cycling. And that's cafes. Yeah, that's a good one. I think uh, even for us pros, a good coffee stop is key. Well, depending on time of year. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What was your first cycling cafe when you were riding out of Cardiff? Skinny young boy. Uh, so there was one in Usk that we used to stop at because it was a destination. So we'd have to ride there. It was about an hour and a half there. And then we'd have to ride back, obviously. So it helped with the mindset, really, of getting out. Um and yeah, that was a good old stop. It was no, normally a good group of us, and then we had our own little us calf rules. So it was basically if whatever you order, you have to finish it. So, for instance, you know you get a scone or a scone wherever you're from. Obviously, you eat the scone, but you get a whole tub of that clotted cream and jam Ooh. as well. You, you have to finish that off as well. So and butter. Sometimes it was a big dollop <laughs> of butter. So that, those were the rules once you get once we went there. But um, that was a good calf actually, and then. Um, before that, actually, in my earlier days, when I was with a few of the older boys, we used to stop in Cowbridge. Um, but it was more of a biker calf, really. Uh, but we'd go up there as well. And that was more of a bacon sani cup of tea sort of place. It's usually the older ones in a cycling club who who initiate you in the, world, in the ways of a cafe, aren't they? Who are the ones, when you order a cup of tea, go, you might enjoy a beverage called coffee. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're a bit younger as well, you're not really into coffee and stuff and you well I started with tea really mainly from them things but especially like I'm old now as well you know so back when I started riding late 90s early 2000s there wasn't that many the coffee culture wasn't really there or not like it is now it's a bit more snobbish culture with coffee actually in there now but yeah it was a bit more sort of 
yeah, bacon sarnie, as I say, and cup of tea. And once one one of the boys actually, uh, some of the guys used to rip off the, you know, when you get the bacon and it's like really fatty. So they'd rip off the fat and leave that on the plate and they'd eat their sandwich. But one of the boys used to go around eating all that fat. What? Yeah. Like mind sweeping the fat? Mind sweeping the fat, yeah. I don't know if maybe... Well, Is he still I, riding? He's not still riding, no. No idea what he's doing. But he, he was sort of a fitness instructor or something. But um, <laughs> it's, I hope he's not a dietitian. that's for sure. <laughs> There's certain things that, that make a cycling cafe great, aren't there? Like, off the top of my head, when you rock up, you want somewhere to put your bike. You don't want to be leaning your bike against a bollard or a road sign ideally there's some sort of outside seating because a lot of the time you're sweaty or you're covered in road spray up your ass and your back and stuff like that toilets are quite important let's say you rock up on a club ride and there's 14 of you and no one's been to the toilet for three hours and there's one cubicle that's problematic yeah i think like you say the first thing you think of is where you put your bike and you want to sort of have eyes on it as well most of the time although saying in ask you'll be fine in ask lovely place ask you don't need to keep an eye on it (laughs) it's safe wherever you put it but um yeah, that's that's the first thing. And yeah, like you say, with a spray up your backside, like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't sit down in my own house or like my parents, especially my parents' house, with, you know, a dirty backside. So I always feel a bit, saying that, I'd never really stop if I had a dirty ass because generally it means you're in bad weather and you'd be cold if you stopped for too long. So maybe if it's like, you know, I don't know, somewhere like Costa, they, at least they've got like wooden chairs. It's easy to wipe them clean, isn't it? But if you go to a nice place that's got a nice sofa or something, you can't sit down on that, can you? No really? way. No you need way. a bit of etiquette when it comes to that, I think. And generally, you should sit outside, I reckon. That's what I do, anyway. I feel a bit... I still feel a bit awkward, actually, walking, you know, clippity-clopping through a mm. cafe. Type bib shorts. Yeah, it's a weird one. A cafe can provide amazing motivation as well, can't it? Let's say you're struggling on a ride, like the thought of a bit of carrot cake can take you a long way and then there's that sense if you get to a cafe sometimes let's say you're riding out of manchester near where i'm from and you get to a cafe in the middle of the peak district and your jersey might reference the fact that you're from manchester or or hale or wherever it is and there's a certain pride in going up the counter and then looking down at your jersey and go yes i have i have cycled that far <laughs> yeah even that motivation about stopping for a coffee or a bit of cake i still get that now like when we're in tenerife we're doing like six hours it's like you have to get over half distance at least before you stop. But then, say, four hours and you're just like, oh, you break up the ride. You don't think of it as six hours. It's like four hours to get to stop. And then, you know, it's massive motivation, even though it's a terrible coffee in, in Tenerife, <laughs> you know, Canary's not good. But it's just the thought of just being able to stop then. And uh, this last year, though, has been totally different when it comes to coffee stops. We've been having, Tim's been getting a Bunsen burner out and doing it on, you know, on a cooking stove, basically. Um, so Tim Kerrison, a man of science, the Ineos coach, yeah, head coach, he's got a little Bunsen burner out. You mean like yeah. a portable stove? Yeah, basically a portable stove, yeah. So it's um, been cooking <laughs> Although I could our... see Tim with a Bunsen burner, it's right up his street. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit more scientific, isn't it, for him? Yeah. So yeah, basically camping stove, boil the water and, and making the coffee. and Because um, obviously, with all COVID stuff, a lot of the cafes were shut anyway. And then even when they were open... The team wanted us to sort of stay in our own little bubble, so we were just stopping on our own. And the ride sort of developed, you know. The first couple were dead basic. You sat on a rock and, you know, this <laughs> little... But by the end, we had, you know, pull-out chairs. We had, like, ah. tables. It was it was actually really nice, yeah. Little picnic. We stopped, 
We had some cracking views as well. Some of the places we stopped. That's prime real estate, that is, right there. Lovely. Hey, I've done rides before where, let's say I'm riding by myself during the week, if I've been working at the weekends or something, and I need to do a long ride, but I need a sort of excuse or reason to do it. There was one where I convinced myself that I was going to cycle to Bakewell um, in the Peak District to just to have a Bakewell pudding. That was like my motivation. So it's about 50 miles to Bakewell from where I am in Nutsford. And it's hilly-ish. A Bakewell pudding or Bakewell tart? Oh, two two very different things. Are they? Yeah, yeah. The Bakewell tart is quite light, fluffy, spongy with a bit of icing. Yeah. The pudding, as I found out to my cost, is quite dense, greasy basically very heavy so i've done my 50 miles to bakewell through the peaks it's a bit hilly but you know because you're aiming for something it's all right and then the first alarm bells have gone off when i've descended quite significantly into bakewell and i've <laughs> had the little thought of oh, i've got to come out of here anyway you can't move for bakewell pudding shops in bakewell unsurprisingly so i've got myself a bakewell pudding and it is so dense like so dense and so greasy and i've eaten it and i'm thinking this is not what i need is it and then i've finished it off and i've turned around and i've started going up this massive steep hill out of bakewell and i don't think the pudding ever really went fully down into my intestine it just sat there for a bit and then oh. once it got stationary it just started coming back up so when i got to the uh, the little sign that said welcome to to bakewell i left my bakewell pudding there and then, <laughs> then had to cycle the remaining 48 miles back to nutsford on an empty stomach feeling very sorry for myself and wishing i'd never had it Oh, that's disappointing. That's disappointing. That reminds me, actually, this has just come to me. When I was with Saar, it was one of our first holidays we had together. We were down in the south of Portugal, like Faro, down that, mm. down that way. And when and so I was like, oh, Albufeira, that's just down the road. We went there like a couple of years ago with like schoolmates. Why don't we uh, ride there? Because on the map, it didn't look that far. I was like, oh, if you want to, yeah, we'll just hire some mountain bikes and we'll ride down, we'll have lunch, and then we'll ride back. Oh, my God goodness me it was like <laughs> like getting there wasn't too bad like but we, it was the same thing big descent into albafira we actually enjoyed our lunch it was it was a nice lunch you know oh but then riding back up this hill and then <laughs> saw through a strop she was she she sat she got off her bike sat down she was throwing stones across the road what face oh man i was just stood there like look this was your idea and we've actually got to get back. So you've just got to get back on your bike and we've got to ride. Like, there's no easy way to say this, but get back on your bike. So, yeah, that's that was successful trip food-wise, but, yeah. Did you make her do some pulls on the front on the way back? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I was, I was trying to make it as easy as possible. I pushed her off the way up this climb out of Albufeira as well, so... <laughs> Okay, Chairman, who have you got as our guest for this episode? Well, look, G, you know how I work as a chairman. I'm all about getting other people to do my job for me. So the fact that you sent that tweet out asking for listeners' favourite cafes, huge help. And then me and Club Secretary Louise have gone through that and we found the one that gets the most votes. There's also a few, before we do that, there's a few that people have flagged up as great cafes. Jane Carr, she says her favourite is the Velo Life at Warren Road. Best brownies and carrot cake. Very friendly staff too. There's actually quite a few shouts for that one. And I think it won Cycling Cafe of the Year in 2019. So that sounds like a good one. Yeah, and I've seen one from James Ferguson who uh, was talking about Coffee 091 in Witten. 
It's, uh, it says cheesecakes off the charts, and he actually even sent a picture when he's on his bike with a cheesecake in a Tupperware box. So he's taking it home. Do you think that's how yeah. good the cheesecake is? So it must be pretty good. Here's one from Steve Lewis. Steve Lewis says Cafe Ramos in Aberavon Seafront. He says me and a mate Paul Leary stop there so often. We've put our own bike lock on the rail. Hey, that's forward thinking, isn't it? <laughs> it is fair play. I also, I saw one from uh, Hugh Salway who says the filling station in Tintin. Now, I know them guys because uh, my best mate is actually his cousin that owns that shop. And yeah. uh, apparently it's the best coffee for miles around, which I won't argue with. Yeah, and we've had a vote for Cafe Von 2 in Tugby as well. That was quite a high scorer, as was Giro Cycles in Isha. Anne Renshaw says it's more than a cafe stop. It's a haven for cyclists and non-cyclists alike. You're always guaranteed great coffee, fab food and a warm welcome. It's like riding to see your family. Pretty good recommendation. It is. I think the other thing that stuck for me, though, was the variety of places that came out. So there was like, I think they even saw somewhere in India, Malaysia. Oh, where else? In America, Pennsylvania, Chicago, Colombia, Australia, Melbourne on the Gold Coast. Barcelona, Mallorca, all over the place. So we've got some good options if we're going to tra- go travelling as well, mate. Beautiful. I think we should try and rope these all in. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had like a chain of affiliated GTCC cafes? Oh, yeah, that would be good. And you, yeah, get up, give a secret code, get your discount. But anyway, we can't do this pod without a guest. So who have you gone for today? Gee, I have got the lovely Vinny and Bill from Cafe Velo Verde in Nottingham. Welcome to the pod, Vinny and Bill. Welcome, welcome to the uh, Garen Thomas Cycling Club. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're deeply honoured. And um, just to let you know that you are actually on the wall just to our right. Very nice. Beautiful. Love, nice poster of G in yellow. That looks like G when you won an Alpe d'Huez, is it? And the, and the quote along the side says, I'm just going to enjoy it. Alpe d'Huez, man, speechless. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a better quote than the Peter Sagan one next door to it, which basically says... When they tell me to win, I win. So I can't imagine ever that his management team will ever say to him, Peter, it's the Tour of Flanders and uh, we want you to come third this week. (laughs) 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 So it seems a pointless quote to me, that one. Hey, tell us about your cafe. Well, you go ahead. So, um, yeah, Cafe Vela Verde, it started life as a coffee shop and it's on an eco farm in a small Nottinghamshire village called Scraveen. And we bought the coffee shop from the previous owners in February, just before the first lockdown. In a superb bit of timing. So if, if G, if you ever want some investment advice... Don't come to <laughs> us. Don't, don't come to us. <laughs> but it's not... I mean, um, we love it because Bill's obviously big into cycling and I love food. And when we... Uh, we lived abroad for several years and when we came back, it's a case of, well, what should we do now? So we thought, um, well, let's combine both of our hobbies and... Uh, That's a DPD I'm really sorry, delivery we've just driver. had a delivery from DPD. <laughs> Real cafe life we're witnessing here, G. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Hey, can, can you tell him his French colleague nearly knocked me off my bike the other day? Oh, really? Thank you. <laughs> oh, he's just gone. I've got to tell him that. <laughs> I mean, for us, the most important things about the cafe is the customers and the cyclists that come here and providing for them. So we have, like, a good-sized bike park. We have a cleat cleaning station. We have... Uh, you know, obviously free water fills and all of that sort of thing. We try and get our menu aligned to the needs of 
sports people because we also have a lot of walkers and runners and whatnot. Yeah, that come get a load well. of runners actually. Yeah, yeah, we just enjoy. I enjoy cooking for people, and Bill likes talking shit about bikes all the time. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's perfect, really. We really enjoy it. Yeah, I was going to ask what makes a, a good cycling calf because you were nominated for the cycling calf of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. So what does that involve? That competition? Lots of people voting for us. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> You you get a nomination from whoever wants to nominate you, but I mean the 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 key ingredient for for us and and the winning combo it really is is good coffee, a good bacon cob, and uh, and a good vibe when people come here. So obviously in the summer we got all the tables out. I painted the tables different colours for the shirts, the yellow, the King of the Mountains and so on and so forth. So, And people were like vying to sit at the right tables for that particular day. And, <laughs> and, and we we used to have shirts hanging up inside and one of the girls took it on. One of the girls that works with, for us, Poppy, she she took it on to um, her dad cut out some OSB shaped shirts and she painted all the local club colors on these shirts. So we've got those hanging outside and all the, you know, when the guys and girls come from the different clubs, they all like to uh, stand next to these shirts and have the photos taken. And it's all, it's, it's, it's good. It's a, it's a really nice vibe. We put a, a veranda on the back of the place with some heaters underneath for for obviously when it became autumn and and uh, we just revamped the inside of our place to get people back in in and time that, for the second in time lockdown. for the second lockdown. <laughs> what's your fate? What's your uh, what cake do you sell the most of then? What's your the carrot and orange easily yeah. is the favourite. Yeah, carrot yeah. and orange. And, uh, oh, this time of year, mulled apple. That's a, that's a good one as well. Oh yeah. Can you help us out on a few things that we've been talking about, Vinny and Bill? So we've been talking about the sort of etiquette of going into a cafe when you ride your bike. Things like, should you sit down if you've got road spray up the back of your jacket? The noise your cleats make when you click clack your way through. So what do you think? Like your cafe looks like it's set up perfectly for cyclists. Let's say G and I arrived and I've been hanging onto G's wheel and I've got road spray all up the back. Are you going to say to me, four dice outside or am I allowed inside? No, no, absolutely no way, not. No. We're set up for that completely. Yeah, completely. We've... So we, we actually don't care what you look like, whether you are, belong to a club or come on your own, or whether you are six years old or whether you are 76 years old. If you come on a bike, you're welcome, whatever you're wearing. Our, our floor is made of board. We resurfaced the outside during the first lockdown to make it more cleat friendly. Oh. And the, the all the furniture inside is all very wipeable and you yeah. know if it if it doesn't need cleaning at the end of the day then we've not had enough customers to be honest yeah <laughs> hey gee we've we've talked about this before the the thing that always seems to happen when you go to a, a cafe with your, your mates in a bike there's the, the person who always pretends or actually has forgotten their money you had this happen didn't you with with, with brad on a ride in mallorca one time yeah we were doing this big long loop up the pig and then sacalabra and uh basically we were five hours into the ride and then there's been a landslide just as we're getting to look. So the normal way home, which is maybe an hour home, pretty much all downhill, there's a landslide so we couldn't get through. So we did initially try climbing over the rocks, but it was a bit dodgy. So we decided best thing, just turn around. So I had to go back up the climb and then drop down into Sola. And um, we we're about six and a half, seven hours into this ride then. It was getting dark. So we're like, oh, we'll stop in this calf. And then we realised neither of us had a phone or money. So... Um, <laughs> We just thought, well, we'll use their phone. 
Brad rang his wife who had to ring the velodrome to then get the number of the coach that was out with us in Mallorca. So went around the houses to get hold of him and she told him where we were. Um, and then she rang back to say, yeah, she spoke to him. He's on his way. So then we were like, right, okay, well, we'll have some dinner then. So then we just ordered off, ordered this, well, we had a ton of food because we were starving. We had like Cokes and coffees and spag ball, I think, and um, <laughs> cakes and everything. And then Dan Hunt, who was the coach at the time, arrived, picked us up and we walked out. I was like, oh yeah, by the way, um, can you get the bill? He went, he went in, he come back and he wasn't happy. It was like, I don't know how much it was, but it's probably three figures. Yeah. Um, I've owed, I've owed some calf's money as well. It's like, oh, I'll come back in a couple of days and bring you the money. So quite trustworthy of them. But uh, yeah, fortunately it's worked out all right. Yeah, we, we have quite a few of that. We, we open Wednesday to Sunday. Normally we're here on Tuesday. on Tuesdays anyway. And, and on this one occasion, about four or five turned up and, and bear in mind we've got signs all over the place that say open Wednesday to Sunday and this is on Tuesday and, and one of them came to the door and said uh, are you open uh, no we're not uh, is the coffee machine on yeah it is uh, can we have one <laughs> oh all right then <laughs> so they all sat down and of course one had a flat white one had an Americano one had an oat milk flat white and it's like, and one had a bit of syrup, and it's like, whoa, stop! And, and so we we call them the Tuesday Club for for that. And then <laughs> the next week, the very next week, we're 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 actually here again. And one of them comes to to the door and he says, "Are you open?" And we said, "No, we're not open. We weren't open last <laughs> Tuesday. It's Tuesday." And I said, "Well, if there's only one of you, that's fine. Okay, no problems." And then he. He, he called. He called out, and he said, "It's all right. They'll do a coffee." And four of them turned up from around the corner and, <laughs> and came in. They'd sent this guy as a sacrificial lamb, just in case, <laughs> just in case we were going to kill him off. So uh, they, in uh, fair play to them, though they 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 come every single week. And, they do, yeah. And that, but On they the day are, when we're actually open, we don't know their names. They're just all members of the Tuesday Club. that's the weird thing about a cycling cafe though isn't it like you'll have your regulars who you know but you might not know their names but you know what day they come what time they come what drink they like what their preferred coffee is what cake they always have but to to be fair though tom we we actually like to call people by the name so rather than an i can't be doing with this number you know number 42 we do always call the names out so we we actually do get to know the names of people and, and actually me as a cyclist, when I go to a cafe and they say, hello, Bill, how are you doing? I find that really quite nice, mm. actually. Do you get any really random names? Because, uh, you know, they do that in Starbucks and stuff as well. Whenever I go to Starbucks, I always give some stupid names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, we actually have a guy that, that, that works for Paul Smith and he, he comes in some really, really top Rafa gear and, and oh, okay. really top Rafa gear. And his name... I. Uh, it, it sounds like a porn star to me. It's Wayne Fontana, and and obviously there is the, and the mind benders, you know. But I mean, it, it, and I said that's made up, isn't it? And he said, no, no, that is my name. And I went, no, no, it's not. And he said, it is my name, <laughs> Wayne Fontana. Yeah. That must have been a little awkward. <laughs> oh, shut up, mate. What's your real name? No, no, exactly, that's my real yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous <laughs> no no that really is my name hey G we've been slightly shambolic with the GTCC in places haven't we like we started without really knowing what we're doing 
But we've got things in place now. We've got a jersey on its way, we hope. We've got weekly cub rides. We've got an interim committee, potential time trial at some point. Um, we do need an official GTCC coffee shop. I've been massively impressed by Vinny and Bill and everything about their cafe. Do you think we should ask them if they will be our first? Yeah, most definitely. I think first <laughs> official calf. Wow. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, we are honoured. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thanks, guys. Nice. Well, listen, we'll send you some, when we get our merchandise working as well, can we send you some merchandise as well? Yeah, Completely, absolutely. yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You can help us sell some beadons and yeah, some jerseys. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure we can, we can sort Vinny and Bill out, can't we, um, G? I'm sure we can. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. No problem. So, Thomas, week six now for you on Zwift. How's it going? I've had a good week, G. I went on to Crit City, which is the little sort of city circuit race thing, isn't it? I had a bit of a problem at the start because I didn't realise the race had started. I was still chatting to Murph, so everyone else disappeared up the road, <laughs> which was a bit problematic. But I quite liked it. It's quite a nice, cool continental landscape. I couldn't decide if it was Dutch or Belgian, but I liked it. And I ended up racing pretty hard for nine laps I think 27 minutes so it's pretty efficient I felt like I had a really good workout I also had a battle with a with an enigmatic silent Swede all I know is that he had the Swedish flag next to his name and we had a bit of a ding dong but because he was Swedish I tried chatting to him he had nothing to say but I enjoyed it (laughs) yeah one lesson there you've got to be ready to go from the start yeah, I'll tell Murph this time. Now, remember, you too can boost your fitness with Zwift and join me and G's weekly group rides every Wednesday at 6pm. Just go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Feels like we've done this episode a bit back to front, G, because we usually we talk about the pros first and then we talk about the amateurs. But we've talked about amateurs first. So I want to know a bit more about pro riders and coffee. Basically, you lot are like the world's biggest coffee snobs, aren't you? Yeah, we are. In everyday life, we're definitely coffee snobs. But when you just take cyclists, pro cyclists in isolation, there's a big variety even within the peloton then. So there's guys, you know, they take their own little like portable grinders and they're grinding their coffee in the morning in the room. They're boiling their, you know, they're doing all that. You know, I'm just, I'll just have the hotel coffee. I can't be doing with grinding my own coffee. But um, (laughs) yeah, there's a, there's definitely some guys that take it very seriously. Didn't Chris Hoy take his own coffee machine to the Beijing Olympics and he set it all up in his, in his room in the Athletes' Village? Yeah, that's the ultimate teammate, isn't it? Like, because he's, well, he's obviously doing it for himself, but we can always pop in and get a quick coffee from him. And uh, to be fair, he was good at it as well. He was good at the old latte art and, and everything. So, um, yeah, he was, that kept him busy, that's for sure. Is there any rules when you're a pro rider about which beverage you can have at which part of the day because in Italy they're quite they think we do this all the wrong way around don't they like oh. they they do espressos do they do cappuccino in the morning and then espresso and we tend to do it the other way around yeah you can't order a cappuccino in it well you can but it's frowned upon if you have one after midday it's like it's a breakfast thing through and through over there so like on the bikes you, yeah you can stop at one or whatever and everyone's ordering cappuccinos and uh, or cappuccini in Italian and uh <laughs> It just oh, I always laugh with, with that because Ben Swift, he lived in Italy for at least two years. So two cappuccinos would be due cappuccini and he'd always ask for due cappuccinos. And <laughs> it's only the smallest thing, but it's like, mate, come on, at least learn how to say that properly. Anyway, i uh gone way off topic there. So yeah, it's definitely a morning thing. 
and then it's espresso after that. But for cyclists as well, yes, yeah, it's different between GC guys and classics guys. You know, someone like Luke Rowe, he'll just order cakes year in, uh, <laughs> any time of year, you know. But us GC guys, we kind of restrict ourselves after, certainly after December, after Christmas. And then saying that, I try to avoid caffeine just before a race as well. So you sat there with an orange juice or something. So it's not quite the same. So the thinking there is if you come off the caffeine before a race, is it you get a bigger kick off the caffeine you take in the race? Yeah, basically. So before like a grand tour or a big sort of week race, I'll try to limit my caffeine. So just yeah, just drink decaf in the morning just so because it's more of a habit, you know, you, you kind of need that sort of milky coffee in the morning, really. You kind of start your day. So I'd have a decaf and then, yeah, when you're in the race, then you have your caffeine gels and you feel like it gives you a bit more of a, a boost towards the end. What's the weirdest place, like of all the places you've ridden your bike around the world, what's the weirdest place to get coffee? Is there one place where they just play by totally different rules? Well, Belgium's weird, you know, because you can order a cappuccino in Belgium and it's it's cream that comes with it, not milk, so oh. that can throw you off, yeah. So you order a cappuccino and then next thing you know, it comes and you've got your espresso, but instead of, you know, topped up with foamy milk, it's, well, yeah, a swirl of cream. So, uh, yeah, that's caught a lot of boys out, to be fair. Right, I'm going to give you a quick World Cup of coffees, OK? So let's assume we're at the quarterfinal stages. Just give me a quick answer on this. Mm-hmm. France versus Italy. Oh, Italy, without a doubt. Right, Italy are through the semi-final. Spain versus the UK. UK, I'd say, yeah. Uh, the other half of the draw, uh, the US against Australia. Heavyweight clash there. Well, that is good, but I think... The Aussies, they played for the whole 90 minutes. And our final quarterfinal is um, less countries, more but specific places. The Canary Islands versus Mallorca. I think these these are two surprise entries for the quarterfinals. You know, <laughs> they shouldn't really be there anyway. So uh, I'll go for Mallorca. Right. First semi-final, Italy versus UK. All right. Italy still wins hands down. Yeah, I think so. Okay, other semi-final is now Australia against Mallorca. Again, this feels like a one-sided affair. Yeah, Australia win this 5-0. It's quite a big win. Which takes us to the final that everyone wanted, I think. Uh, The (laughs) purest final, Italy against Australia. What a clash this is. Yeah, it's new school versus old school, isn't it? It's it's like, what this gives you hints of bloody this and that compared to just the good, strong, traditional Italian coffee. But, um... Oh, I quite like the new age stuff with the whole bit of latte art. It's, it's nice, isn't it? But I think I'm going to go classic. Italy win 2-1. They score right at the death in the 90th minute. Beautiful goal. Penalty? No, no, no. Open play outside the box. Top corner. Boom. Curled in. Lovely. Fantastic. So Italy are the winners of the Pro Cycling inaugural World Cup of Coffee. <laughs> Right, and just to finish off our chat about cafes, Geraint, I think we need to sort out exactly what happens with the GTCC here. Like, do you reckon we could get a discount for club members at cafes, maybe cafes who are affiliated to the GTCC could put like a sticker in the window and then if you're a listener to the GTCC and therefore a club member, what would you have, like a membership card or a password? How would this work? For, yeah, I think it's got to be a bit sort of a Russian spy hasn't it really like maybe nice. a password or or maybe just or maybe they could do my celebration on top of Abduez with the shout and everything yeah you know, as they're about to pay 
That is some... a great idea. <laughs> but yeah, it's got to be some sort of secret code. Extra special then, isn't it? I'll tell you what, let's let's throw this open to our club members because between the two of us, we're not the brightest. So let's get our club members to suggest things. If you can think of a good code word or anything else like Geraint Celebration that you think will work to identify you to affiliated cafes to get you the so far unspecified amount off your cafe bill, let us know on all our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the works. Hashtag GTCC. Oh, and Tom, we should maybe ask for some cafes that want to be affiliated in case... Nice. We can't just go around sticking stickers in people's <laughs> windows and, yep, you're one of us. So, uh, yeah, just get in, get in touch if you want to be uh, part of the club. Right, let's start our AOB or any other business with our appointments today, G. We've got quite a few to make. Um, the first one this week is the one we've all been waiting for. This is for our social secretary. So Neil Cole has put himself forward. He says all successful clubs need someone to help build relationships post-rides. He's also had a few endorsements on our GTCC Facebook group from Diana, Mark, Giles, Paul, Chris, Omar, Wayne and Nigel. So, Neil, I think you can count yourself in. I've also had a chat with Emma O'Reilly, who is a former soigneur, a fantastic massage therapist, knows everything there is about cycling. She listens to the pod um, she has offered herself up for any position in the club. I think, Emma, you would be an amazing social secretary. So, Emma and Neil, let's see what you can do. Nice. I like that, Tom. Two of them as well. So they can bounce ideas off each other. We can have some real good uh, socials now. Yeah, it's a huge part of a good club, isn't it? Um, our next appointment is for Sabs Cockrum. She wants to be the female ambassador and auxiliary doctor. I'm pretty sure we can approve both those, can't we, G? I mean, we've got your wife, Sarah, looking after Junior. Sabs can look after the women's section. Yeah, fair play. Sabs is in. Um, i just got to point out there, though, Tom, that Sarah flatly denied being the junior members section, didn't she? So um, that's still a spot up for grabs if people want to uh, get their place <laughs> in for that. So what you're saying is Sarah is happy to look after a very specific junior section, which is if you're called Max and Thomas. But if you're not called Max and Thomas, no chance. Yeah, and basically that's more out of necessity rather than <laughs> choice because, well, yeah. Yeah, she would like <laughs> a couple of days off even from that junior section. And finally on the appointments, we've got an update actually on the club chef. So Ruth Rod has put herself forward. Um, we stress this person needed to be a good baker and she sent us picture evidence of her Welsh cakes. So if you're happy with this, G, I'm happy to appoint Ruth as one of our official club chefs. Uh, I'm not 100% in yet, mate. I think we need to try them. A picture's good, but, you know, you taste with your mouth, not with your eyes. That is true. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, G. It's a very valid point. Okay, Ruth, if you send us an email, we shall reply to that email with our addresses and you can send us a batch of your finest Welsh cakes. Hang on. Ah, Tom, I've just had an idea. Why don't we have our own GTCC bake-off? Ah, oh, now so we're With the other talking. chefs as well. And then they can all be members, but we'll just have a head chef, the best one, with the best Welsh cakes. I'm just saying this. Yeah. Yeah, the great GTCC British Bake Off. That's got to happen. <laughs> and let's not forget from our previous episodes, both Alan Murchison and Hayden Groves have got in touch because we got nominations for them to be our club chefs in episode three. So it turns out Alan is actually a Michelin star chef and might have met G, whereas Hayden very kindly sent me a copy of his sort of cookbook slash 
memoirs. Because do you know what he's done, G? He has cycled the route of all three of the Grand Tours in the actual time he went to do them in one year. So for me, like, I officially give him the position. Fair play, yeah, yeah. If he's a decent rider as well. But at the end of the day, I'm not too... I don't couldn't care less about how he rides a bike as long as he cooks well, if he's our chef. <laughs> he did send us a picture of his Nissoir salad because you talked about a salad Nissoir, didn't you? Um, but he is happy to come on if we want him to talk about steaks, burgers, burritos, how to make your own energy bars. Hayden, I think we will take you up on that offer, so we will be in touch. Ah, okay, Tom, here's one for you as well. Someone got in touch, actually, about having an anonymous questions box, as there's some questions they're too afraid to ask. This just really intrigued me anyway, because I want to know what these questions are for a start. Like, Yeah. They could be pretty dodgy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, how do they go about that? Right. Okay. What we should do then, G, is we'll, we'll create a, a safe space for these anonymous questions to come into. So if you want to do this, if you want to ask an anonymous question, if you email gtcc at crowdnetwork.co.uk and we'll answer them on the podcast without reading out your name. Um, Louise, our club secretary and producer, she's across that inbox. She's also totally trustworthy, so she'll be more than happy to filter out your name. And just a reminder, if you do want to join the club on socials, it's at GT Cycling Club on Instagram, at GTCC underscore on Twitter, and Geraint Thomas Cycling Club for the Facebook group. And finally this week, a shout out to Paul Felton's wife. She's a massive fan of the podcast and a keen amateur cyclist. During the pandemic, her business really suffered. So he'd like a shout out for her business, ridingwithmates.com, which is ethically sourced and bespoke after ride clothing. Yeah, good shout out, Tom. I think all our GTCC members' businesses are equally valuable and, and deserve a shout out. So I hope they all uh, get back up and running pretty sharpish. Thanks for that and see you next week. Yeah, see you then. That was the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to G, as always, to our club chefs, Hayden, Alan and Ruth, to our social secretaries, Emma and Neil, and our women's ambassador, Sabs Cochram, to our club secretary, Louise Gwilliam, our head of music, Emma Hickman, our treasurer, Diane Barker, and, of course, our honorary president, Mike Carr. Most of all, to you for being part of this club and for listening. We'll see you next time. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.